Friends, what's up? Pastor J.F. Wilkerson here, and I'm standing on the stage of this beautiful state-of-the-art facility, Mount Tahoma High School. It's really a performing arts center, and I want you to know that starting right now, I'm telling you, this is where Pacific Coast Church will be meeting moving forward every Sunday. We're going to be gathering at 10 a.m., and I want you to know we want you to be here. And as you can see over my shoulder, we've got all kinds of Dream Team uh, members. That's our volunteers that are setting up for today's gathering. And not only do we have stuff for adults, but we, have, we got stuff for kids, uh, toddlers, even infants. We have nursery and phenomenal kids ministry. There, there's something for everybody here. So come on out. And hey, if you want to get involved, not just show up, but like actually serve, we would love to encourage you to be a part of our dream team. It's amazing what Jesus is already doing through this community called Pacific Coast Church. So come on out every Sunday, Mount Tahoma High School, 10 a.m. We will see you soon and I'm saving you a seat. All right, God bless. Pacific Coast Church, happy Sunday. Pastor Ashley here. We want to welcome you and thank you for joining us wherever you're watching from. Even if you're watching later in the week, we are so, so glad that you've connected with us. Also, we want to give you a little bit of announcements before we dive into this word. Today, we are starting a brand new series and it's going to be incredible. But if you are watching this live, you still have time to be with us in person. How many of you know we love technology? We love the amazing advantages that it provides, but there's nothing like being in person. And honestly, there's nothing like preaching in person as well and so it's always different so even if you watch right now you can still make it to mount tahoma high school at 10 a.m please if you're comfortable and if you're able we would love for you to join us also you need to know next sunday join us in person for our small group showcase we will have tables set up all across the lobby of mount tahoma we are showcasing every single small group we have some brand new classes that are starting brand new studies that are starting brand new groups that are launching that have to do with you know all kinds of hobbies and all sorts of different things we want you to know there is a group for you so make sure you come out you'll get to meet those small group leaders and learn a little bit about them and what the groups are about we are a church of small groups this is so important we really do believe that scripture is clear that our healing and our growth so much of that comes about in these small group settings so we want to invite you out make sure you're there next week we also want to thank you as always for your giving thank you thank you thank you as always you can text the word donation to 84576 you can visit us online at pacificcoast.church and give there and even set up reoccurring giving. You also can send your checks directly to Pacific Coast Church, P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. If you have prayer requests, we are praying all week long. How many of you love the 21 days of prayer and fasting? I love being able to even just log on at noon during those days and connect with people live during those prayer times. Stay tuned because we will be launching at least a once a week um, 
opportunity to do that together. And so make sure that you're following us on social media. Make sure you're setting all the notifications to make you aware and to let you know. And if you do have prayer requests, make sure you submit them on the website or you can do that by texting the word Pacific to 84576. I want to pray with you right now as we prepare for this new series and this amazing word today. Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your living, breathing word. Thank you, God, that your word is like a scalpel cutting to the very heart of who we are. And Lord, we just ask right now that you help us to open our hearts and our minds to everything that you want to speak to us. We thank you, God, that your word never returns void and that your spirit is moving right now, even through technology. Just be with us. Open our ears to hear whatever it is you have to say. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, hey, what's up, Pacific Coast Church? Hey, thanks for joining us today. I want you to know just how much it means to me that you've taken some time to tune in. What are we doing here? We're getting filled up with God's Word. So I want to welcome you to Church Online. As most of you know, uh, PCC, we're, in meeting, we're meeting right now in person every Sunday at 10 a.m. at Mount Tahoma High School in Tacoma, Washington. So listen, if you're able, I want you to come. I'd absolutely love it if you join us. It's just been so great being able to come together in the physical after so many months being apart. And listen, we have something for everybody. So I just want you to know we're excited that you're uh, going to come join us. Hey, listen, also it's small group season. It's getting ready to launch and I just want to encourage you to take full advantage of that. And one thing else I want to note, our very own Pastor Ken Ecker will be teaching a class on Zoom on, here's the subject matter, how to study the Bible, which I'm so excited for. I'm going to be there with my pen and my notebook ready to learn. So make sure you're looking out for that dropping this month. And of course, it's totally free and you'll hear more about that coming up here. I'm so excited because as you just saw in that little video promo, we're starting a brand new series today on the life of Esther. And I have to say, it's truly an inspiring real story that literally saved the Jews from total annihilation, all because of one incredibly courageous woman who rose to the occasion when she was called on. And so this week, really as an introduction, I wanna talk about this word assignment. And the reason being is because this is exactly what was dropped into the lap of Esther, that being an assignment and one being incredibly important. And, and here, here's the thing, my friends, we must say it over and over. Those of us who call ourselves followers of Jesus, we are called to live life on assignment. Did you hear me? We're called to live on mission for Jesus. And this isn't just some nice idea that I came up with. No, this is directly from the mouth of Jesus Christ in numerous places within the four synoptic gospels and quite directly in Matthew 28, where Jesus says, go and make disciples. Go and make Going and making takes work. Going and making doesn't allow us to ride the pine on the sidelines. Okay, so that's, that's another sermon. Let's get back to Esther. Now, let me provide a little history and context here behind the book of Esther, okay? 
The story is set over 100 years after the Babylonian exile of the Israelites from their land. While many Jewish people, Israelites, returned to Jerusalem, many others did not. So the setting for this story is in a city named Susa, which was the capital city of the Persian Empire. And it's a place where one Israelite community decided to settle. So essentially, they were foreigners in a Persian city, not their own. And here's another thing. This is the one and only book in the Bible that doesn't have God's name in it. Yet, God's fingerprint and God's providence is all over it. You see this as a story that screams the reality of God using broken humans to help other broken humans. This is a story that reminds us yet again that no matter how lost and doomed we all are, God still loves us so much that He's willing to do anything to bring us back into fellowship with Him and other believers. And so the Bible says Esther, here it is, she was incredibly physically beautiful. In fact, when the king of Persia, who was, who was going to learn about, who, who we're going to be learning about, calls in all of those beautiful young women throughout the, the entire empire so that he could choose his next queen, Esther said, I don't even need makeup. Yeah, she, like she was one of those, like if you know what I'm talking about. So in the first chapter, the king, the king of Persia throws a party, and not just any party. It was actually two parties that lasted for a total of 187 days And he invites leaders from all over the Persian Empire to come partake and to experience all of his wealth. Well, towards the end of the party, the king calls for his queen, whose name was Queen Vashti, to come so that he could show her off to his guests. And with that, the queen declines the invitation, which is a big deal. Now, this was a level of disrespect that you and I living in the modern age can't comprehend. All that to say, it was a really, really big deal and it threw the king into a rage. Now, when this happens, the king's buddies said, look, if you let her treat you that way, our wives are going to act that way too. So in his rage, he got rid of Queen Vashti, stripping away away her title as queen. Now, the king had been drinking, and in fact, he was on a seven-week binger. So he was obviously a tad bit out of it, incredibly irrational. So with Vashti out of the picture, he needs a new queen. So he, he parades all of the most beautiful virgin women throughout his kingdom through his palace to choose his new queen. This is where one of our two main characters arrives on the scene, Esther, who just so happens to be Jewish. And her uncle Mordecai, who, was, who, who had been raising her due to the fact that her parents died. The king of Persia was so overwhelmed by her beauty and right then and there chooses her to be his bride. Now, every story is so much more fun with a villain, right? So this is where Haman enters, who's incredibly evil and corrupt, who is the king's wingman, if you will, and who, you guessed it, hates Esther and Mordecai. Haman, having the king's ear, he convinces the king to sign a decree that states all Jews in his kingdom would be executed under the direction of Haman. Talk talk about some evil stuff. And that's where the text picks up in Esther chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, read along with me. If not, it's going to be here on the screen. Here it is. Verse 8 starts like this. It says, Mordecai gave Hathach 
a copy of the decree issued in Susa that called for the death of all Jews. He asked Hathach to show it to Esther and to explain the situation to her. He also asked Hathach to direct her uh, to go to the king to beg for mercy and plead for her people. Now, here's the twist in the plot. Esther had never told the king that she was a Jew. Like, hey, Esther, that may have been some useful information before the fact. So the king, he'd already pulled the trigger on this whole kill all the Jews deal, all the while not knowing his wife was one of them. Now, Look at what the Bible goes on to say in Esther chapter 4, verse 11. It says, All the king's officials and even the people in the provinces know that anyone who appears before the king in his inner court without being invited is doomed to die unless the king holds out his golden scepter. And the king has not called for me to come to him for 30 days. In other words, Esther texts Mordecai back and said, it sucks to be you guys, but I can't help you. I'm living large now in the palace and it's just not worth the risk. Now we know she didn't have a cell phone, but you know what I'm talking about. Ever known anyone like that, by the way, where they hit the lottery and you never hear from again? Esther in this, in this picture here, she, she's clearly d- d- disillusioned. She, she doesn't realize that she's not been made queen just to get spa treatments all day, but rather to fulfill her God-given assignment. Go back to the text. It says this, Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just a time as this. In other words, Esther, if you turn this down, God will save us anyway and you will die. Listen, she had an assignment. She had an assignment and not just anyone, but one that would require her to risk her life. And here's the thing. This was a divine assignment, meaning one from God, all right? So if you're taking notes, let me, I want to give you three myths today that we can learn from Esther about divine assignment. Here's the first myth about your divine assignment, all right? Here it is. Number one, you somehow earn your assignment. False, all right? Scripture doesn't list one thing that, is, that Esther did to earn her initial assignment from God. Same with David who, by the way, went on to be the king of Israel after fulfilling his assignment. Now, don't misunderstand me. When we are faithful and obedient with the assignments God gives us, then he knows he can trust us with more, but we don't earn the assignment. Like, do you see how that goes? John 15, verse 16, says it like this. This is actually Jesus talking. He said, you did not choose me, But I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So here's Esther minding her own business and this assignment orchestrated from God drops into her lap. She she wasn't at the University of Persia getting a degree on how to go before the king and risk 
your life. Yes, finally, I get to drop my life of beauty, money, power, and luxury and go risk my life. No, she wasn't doing any of that. She didn't earn any of it. In fact, her assignment was linked to other people's decisions. She just so happened to be in the right place at the right time, and there was no coincidence. The opportunity arose, and in fact, here's the kicker, she wasn't even happy about it. And that leads me to my second myth about your divine assignment. Here it is, write this down, this is huge. Number two, you will, you will always be happy with your assignment. False, not true. And here's the thing, I think, I think this one is a killer for so many people. And I think one of the main contributors to this false narrative is our society's addiction to social media. I mean, remember this past week when Facebook and Instagram went down for six hours? We, like, we, we all started breaking out in hives and foaming at our mouths, right? Okay, maybe not that much, but like, like you know what I'm talking about, right? And here's the thing, like, like we look at other people on social media and, and, we, and we get into this like sick, vicious comparing cycle. We, we think that that family, based on their smiling photos at the pumpkin patch, means that, that, that their assignment, that they have, that their assignment that they have brings them happiness 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And, and we buy into the lie that if I have the right assignment in life, then I'll always be happy. But if I'm not happy, it's because I chose the wrong one. Or even worse, I didn't actually hear from God. Or, or, or maybe I thought I did, but I missed what he actually wanted me to do. Listen, I can promise you from firsthand experience, you will not always be happy about what God places in your lap, period. And, and, and like, can I set you free today, my friend? Write this down. Happiness is fleeting. Purpose is lasting. Like meaning, meaning knowing you, you, you've been chosen for whatever the assignment God has for you was specifically designed with you in mind. Meaning whether or not you experience happiness in the process is a factor, but it's not the determining one that breaks the deal for you. And can I be honest with you? Like I wrestled with this for years. I let me, let me tell you a story. I can vividly remember being 15 years old at a youth camp and having a real spiritual experience with God and knowing exactly the, the assignment he had, he, he had for me. And, and listen, I can remember going home not, not excited about it one bit. I can remember telling my dad that I believe God told me to go into full-time Christian ministry and, and saying it almost in a complaining-like tone. And, and so for years, I ran from it. For years... I managed to keep my big toe in the pool while the rest of my body was trying to do everything else to avoid diving straight in like he'd called me to do. Like, remember the story of Jonah and the whale or the big fish, however you want to title it? Jo Jonah receiving his marching orders from God and Jonah running in the opposite direction away from his assignment in Nineveh? Yeah, that, like, that was me to some extent. Now, in the end, Jonah relented and thank God I did too. Now, have I had a lot of happy moments in the middle of my assignment? Absolutely. In fact, a lot of them. And I know I'm going to have more. On the flip side, have I had a lot of sad moments? Have I had my heart broken? 
Have I lost close friends that said they'd always be there for me? Have I been lied to, taken advantage of, betrayed, slandered, all due to the assignment God gave me specifically? You better believe it. So, will you always be happy when God nudges you? No, you won't. But happiness isn't the point. Purpose is, my friend. Paul writes it like this, 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 17. Nevertheless, each person should live as a believer in whatever situation the Lord has assigned to them, just as God has called them. I'm grateful for that promise. So here's Esther. I promise you, she wasn't happy about what she had to do. She didn't sign up for this gig, man. And in fact, she was terrified. Here's a third myth. Write it down. Third myth about your divine assignment. Here it is. Number three. You cannot turn your assignment down. False. Esther is the queen of Persia. She didn't have to do anything. In fact, she could have had Mordecai killed on the spot for even responding to her that way. Let's go back to the text. Esther chapter 4, starting in verse 13. Look what it says. Mordecai sent this reply to Esther. Uh-oh. Don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace, you will escape when all other Jews are killed. If you keep quiet at a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this. Listen, God wants to use us, but he doesn't need us. His kingdom will expand. God is a God of free will. And I'm reminded of what Jesus said in Matthew 22, verse 14. He said, for many are called, but few are chosen. Hey, listen, like, like we can all remember being kids at school on the playground and one of the teachers, or, or maybe it was specifically your PE teacher, yelled out, who wants to play dodgeball, right? And then some of the kids would raise their hands and jump up and down and say, I do, I do. And then the captains would line up and they begin to choose the kids who wanted to play. Listen, many have been asked, but only a few will follow through. You know, there's this, uh, an amazing story that I recently read really a life testimony of the, of the late, great German-American Pentecostal evangelist Reinhard Bonnke on this subject of assignment. Reinhard describes how God spoke to him in a very real, specific way early on in his ministry, and he told him to provide a Bible to every household in all of Europe. And he thought to himself, probably much like Esther, like, why me, God? Like, like, I don't have the capacity to fulfill such an enormous assignment like that one. A Bible for every household in all of Europe? Like, why couldn't you ask someone else rather than me? And then Reinhardt said that God said very clearly, I asked two other people before you, and they both rejected my, re my request. And so I'm asking you. And you know what? Reinhardt accepted that assignment, for, that assignment from God. And through the help and direction of the Holy Spirit, through the kindness and sacrifice of other Christians who partnered with Pastor Bonke, do you know what? He was able to fulfill that assignment from God. 
like through his efforts, Reinhard Bonnke, he was able to place a Bible in every household throughout all of Europe. You see, God loves us so much that he gave us a free will. And, and God will never force you to do anything. Like if that were the case, like he would have made a, a universe full of robots, but he didn't. You can indeed turn down the assignment or, or, or make it plural, assignments throughout your life. And he'll find someone else. But the real fulfillment of life is hearing from God and then living out what he's called you to do. Many of you know the assignment that God has placed in front of you. What will your answer be to him? So, back to the Bible story. Here's Esther. She's been given a grand assignment that could, in her head, potentially wind up having her killed. Like, you could almost feel the, con the, the confliction playing out between her ears and deep in her heart. On one hand, she's the queen of the Persian Empire with all the bells and whistles, essentially set for life. Yet, on the other hand... Jewish blood runs through her veins and she's looking down the barrel of her Israelite people's potential annihilation. And look what happens here in this story. Go back to the text. Chapter 4 verse 15 says, Then Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Here it comes. She said, Go and gather together all the Jews of Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will do the same. And then, though it is against the law, I will go in to see the king. If I must die, I must die. So Mordecai went away and did everything as Esther had ordered him. Maybe like Esther, God has called you to reach out and be the bridge to save your friends, to introduce them to the Savior that died for them. Like We, we have the answer. What will you do? with it. Three myths that we can learn from Esther about divine assignment. That first myth about your divine assignment because you got one. I've got one. Do you remember what it was? You somehow earn your assignment. It's false. An assignment from the Lord isn't, isn't some kind of an award you win or a prize you get for acting extra good that month. No. God doesn't work like that. The Lord is looking for a humble servant who is willing to be used by him no matter what the assignment is or whether or not that person receives any notoriety or not. And lots of times, hello, he uses the most broken, the most rejected, the most unfit to do his work. Just open the Bible and see for yourself. Second myth about your divine assignment. You will always be happy. Oh, it's just going to be party time with your, with your assignment. That's false. It's not about happiness. Although, although it's nice and you'll experience, you'll experience happiness and, and, and we all want that. It's not about happiness. It's about purpose. And I know a lot of people who appear to be happy, but it usually tends to be more of a mask because deep down they feel overwhelmingly purposeless. Do you want real fulfillment in your life? Well, then I encourage you that when you get that nudge from the Holy Spirit, just say yes and then humble yourself. Like maybe even ask for help from others. 
I've done this. And then let the Lord lead the way daily, moment by moment. Will you encounter happy times? Absolutely. Will, will there be some hard times? Well, Jesus promised that there would be, but he also promised us that he'd walk with us through those hard times. And trust me, with that, with what happened at my last assignment, <laughs> through no fault of my own, well, I probably would have quit altogether if I hadn't been, if it hadn't been for the Holy Spirit guiding me through it, able to get me to the other side. I'm here today. I'm excited to be here. Here's that third myth, and then I want to pray for you, and that is you cannot turn your assignment down. False. Listen, God wants to use us, but he doesn't need us. His kingdom will expand whether we're a part of it or not. J just like Mordecai said to Esther, if you turn down this assignment, if you choose to stay quiet and look the other way, deliverance and relief will come to the Jews from another place. Meaning, Esther, if you don't do it, God won't force you. He'll use someone else. But when the victory comes at the hands of someone else, you have the potential of spending the rest of your life full of regret. Today, I want to take a minute and pray for you. Because I know there's someone watching right now where you know that the Holy Spirit's been nudging you, right? And now I'm talking specifically to Jesus followers, disciples of Christ. You're watching, you say, yeah, there's, uh, I know I'm supposed to do something. And I've been putting it off or, or I've been, uh, uh, you know, bl blaming why I haven't started for all kinds of reasons that actually sound pretty good in my head. <laughs> but, but I still feel like I know what I'm supposed to do. And JF, will you just pray for me? Because, yeah, some of those myths I've just, uh, I've accepted for my life and what I know what I'm supposed to do. Or it doesn't have to be just one, one thing. Most of the time in life, it's several different things. And it comes throughout your life. And maybe you say today, JF, pray for me because when they come from the Holy Spirit, I want to I wanna be able to just say yes and step out in faith. You know, this whole walking with the Lord is all about faith, man. And I know there's a confliction <laughs> because we live in this, this culture, this society where the, the culture and society is all about just self-preservation, meaning it's all about trying to acquire as much as you can that will get you through to the very end until your, until your life ends through careers and, and retirement plans and all of this stuff that, that, that isn't bad. I mean, it's good to plan. But how many of you know, lots of times, can I just attest to it, the plan I thought was the plan that we were going to do, sometimes just gets thrown right out the window to no fault of our own. It's just the way life works. So why not? Why not pursue more of a life of faith versus one that you can just essentially predict, if you will? Can it not be a combination of the two, but more pursuit, more pursuit of what he's calling you to do like right now today? I know it might throw off your five-year plan. I know it might bug your attorney when you give him the news of what you're going to do next. <laughs> but like, that's just what it means. That's what it looks like when you follow Jesus and you're listening and you're quiet. You're listening to what he's saying because he's always talking. It's just us who get in the way and it's just us who get loud at times. So I want to pray for you as you pray for me too because 
man, the position I'm in, in my life, in my context right now, like, I, I don't know what tomorrow holds. <laughs> I really don't. And uh, I can say this, it's gotten me this far. And God's always sustained and He's always opened doors. And there's been a lot of humbling moments. There's been a lot of times where I felt like the cake was all over my face. Like, if you know what I'm saying. But in those moments, man, shh, I'm telling you. Some, some of the sweetest moments, some, some of the moments I felt the, the closest to God were in those moments where it just it was all out there. You know what I'm talking about? I think you know what I'm talking about. So let me pray for you. But I also want to pray for someone who's watching right now who isn't a follower of Jesus. And you say maybe, you know, Jeff, like I want, to, I want to give that a shot. Like I want to say yes to Jesus today. I've got all kinds of stuff going on in my life. Hey, hey jo join the club. We're humans. We're broken. But like I said just a few minutes ago, that's usually who God chooses. You know, Esther, we're going to talk more about her. Esther had all kinds of stuff, all kinds of brokenness herself. But she was able in the midst of it to say, yes, 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 I'll do what you're calling me to do. Come on, let me pray for you today. Lord, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you for every person who's just taking the time right now to connect with me through this virtual platform. As we've opened your word, Lord God, as we're just beginning this series, as we're looking into the life of Esther and the assignment that was given to her, Lord God, just sounded outrageous, scary. In fact, I, I can't even imagine being placed in that situation. But Lord God, we, I thank you for her obedience. I thank you for her discernment. So Lord God, right now, I have friends watching. First and foremost, if that was you, you said, JF, just pray for me. I, I, I want to say yes to Jesus. Just do that right now. Lord, come into my life. I accept you. I receive you. You know all the broken areas of my life, all the issues. Come in and restore. I understand it's not, going to, it's not a fix-all right in this moment because we live in a broken world, but I, I accept you and I know that you're going to be with me. In Jesus' name. And then, Lord, I pray for my friend watching right now that maybe on one hand, maybe it's a person who knows what they're supposed to do or, or, or they've been having this feeling inside. They know it's you speaking to them, but they've just been afraid for, for whatever reason. I battled it myself and because of it, they've shelved it. Lord God, I pray right now that that thing, whatever it is, or that the multiple things, God, I pray that they'd be willing to step up to accept what you've called them to do. In Jesus' name, Lord God, I pray for the person who maybe hasn't had that experience for whatever reason. They, there's been too much noise for them to even, even be open to hearing what you have for them. Lord God, I pray right now that you would quiet them and that they'd be able to hear directly from you because you're always talking. You're always talking. It just requires us getting quieter. So God, thank you for everything you're doing at Pacific Coast Church as we are now officially into the fall season, God. You're opening doors and we just say have your way I, I don't know what tomorrow holds or next week for our church i know that you've continued to provide i know that you've opened supernatural doors and i'm just honored to be along for the ride so thank you lord god for this local body of believers god continue to grow it continue to provide i thank you for thank you for entrusting us with this assignment here in the pacific northwest thank you in Jesus name amen such a powerful word friends if you need prayer I just want to remind you you can text the word Pacific we would love to connect with you text the word Pacific to 84576 and we'll reach out to you this week 
nothing weird or bizarre. We just want to connect with you. We want to pray with you and for you. If you have needs or requests, you can submit them that way or even just online. Also, don't forget, next Sunday is our small group showcase. Small groups are so important. Make sure, make sure, make sure you are there so that you can connect and figure out maybe you want to try a few different small groups. We kind of call that dating small groups, right? Because you don't always know who you're going to connect with or who you're going to jail with. And we want to make sure you have the opportunity to find at least one that you love. We know small groups really do change lives. God uses them powerfully. And so, as always, we have questions for you, hopefully to discuss in your small groups, maybe also to journal on your own time. Make sure you have your phones ready. You can screenshot it or take a picture of the screen, whatever works best for you. Here we go. Number one, how might believing the myth that you can earn your assignment from God hinder your walking it out in the way he desires? Number two, how does knowing that you don't always have to be happy about your assignment change the way you might think about your current or future assignments? Number three, do you believe that you have free will to turn down assignments from God? Why does this matter? Man, those are good. I know those discussions are going to be epic. Also, we want to thank you once again for your giving. Here's a reminder, text the word donation to 84576. You can give online at pacificcoast.church or mail your checks to P.O. Box 66026, Tacoma, Washington, 98467. We love you guys. We're here for you. We're in this together. God's up to something cool. See you next week.